Well, hi everyone. Uh, it's great to be with you again tonight. And uh, I'd like to ask you a question, I guess, and that is, how are you going as, as the church scattered? In this season, we can't gather together, and so we find ourselves all over the place. And yet our mandate hasn't changed. Our mandate to be salt and light in our community, wherever we find ourselves. Uh, our mandate to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It hasn't changed. As a matter of fact, I wonder if because of this scattering, maybe it's been empowered. And if that was the case, it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, very early in church history and in, in the book of Acts in the Bible, chapter 8 tells us about the death of the first Christian martyr. And Stephen, of course, was killed in Jerusalem. And then the Bible tells us that a, a, a general persecution broke out against the church and people scattered everywhere. Everyone except the key leaders had to scatter, go out into the countryside, all over the place. But the very next verse says, and they preached the word wherever they, wherever they went. And so what started as a catastrophe uh, ended up being for the benefit of the expansion of the church. And uh, just reminds me, so often God can take difficult circumstances and bring something good out of them. Uh, and so it makes us ask the question, how do we be salt and light? If we're scattered and we're, we're going through this season, how can we be salt and light where we find ourselves? How can we share the good news? Um, because the fact is, being locked down in this scenario, it can feel really limiting, like it limits us. Um, possibly it's even confrontational, especially if, if you find yourself sort of um, cloistered with, it could be with family or with friends, flatmates, uh, in a home, uh, in a workplace. If you're in close proximity with people that, that don't express faith, aren't interested in faith, possibly even aggressively reject Jesus, then, um, then that would seem very difficult indeed. But, you know, even as I say reject Jesus, um, I'm not sure that people do. Uh, I think people reject the image that they have of Jesus or the, the message that they're picking up. Uh, sadly, from the church. It's, it's the church's responsibility to represent him and to proclaim who he is. And yet uh, often some of those images and some of those messages are very confused or very difficult or very judgmental. And so I think people, it's not Jesus that people are rejecting. Often it is simply the message that they're getting about Jesus that they find hard to swallow. And the fact is, possibly you and I, who would claim faith in Christ, possibly we, we would reject that false image as well. And so I want to talk to us tonight just quickly about making sure that uh, when we talk about Jesus, that it's good news indeed. Making sure that the good news is good news. Uh, because I think sometimes we, we do get it wrong. And so I want to take a passage, just one simple verse from the Apostle Paul. And of course, he was a major proponent of spreading Christianity uh, throughout the then known world in that first century. And so I want to take one verse from the book of Romans, which is really his thesis on the gospel, 
on the good news and on what God accomplished in Christ towards humanity. And so he's uh, he's definitely a, a great person to look at as a model for sharing the good news. And he says this in Romans chapter five, uh, Romans chapter one, sorry, verse five, talking about Jesus. He says through him, through Jesus, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And right here, Paul is describing really the gospel and how it works in one sense. And that is that that particular people are called to encourage faith in others. And as they respond and embrace that faith, it it changes the way they behave. They begin to obey God and follow Jesus. And, and so there's this flow-on effect. There are certain people that have been called to proclaim. As people respond, if they do open their heart, then change comes to their lives. And um, I just see these three elements, and I want to look at them quickly for us tonight. And, and I trust that you see yourself in the story. So if I could, could I just pray with us really quickly as we begin? Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone who's listening. I pray, Father, for our hearts to be open and uh, and our understanding to be enlightened on how we can be salt and light where we find ourselves right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And uh, the first thing I want to look at is this sense of calling. Of course, we talk about calling, uh, the calling that can be on someone uh, j- just in a general sense in our society. Someone finds their calling. Uh, whereas our calling, and, and I don't believe it's limited to Paul, it's, it's our calling is to call people. Our calling is to call um, Paul recognized that Jesus had given him a certain gift and a grace. We've received a grace and an apostleship. So, you know, grace is like a divine empowerment and apostleship was a gift that was placed on his life. That, uh, and, and that word literally means uh, to be an apostle was to be sent out or to be a sent person. Uh, literally, we could say it this way, a messenger. So Paul is saying, I've been empowered to be a messenger and sent out. And his mission was to call all people. He talks about Gentiles here, which we understand to be everyone outside of that original covenantal relationship with God that the Jewish people had. And so Paul looked at it like he wasn't called to the church. He was called to the people who weren't in the church yet. And uh, and I think that is exactly the same. For us and for every Christian, there is a grace on it. It might not be in a leadership capacity like Paul, but there is a grace on us to share good news with others, uh, literally to call them, to call out to them, to enter a life of faith and to see their life transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And so uh, the thing that I find interesting in this passage is that even though it's all about the gospel, the word repentance doesn't sort of enter into it at this point. It's not used here. It's used plenty of places elsewhere. But we should never be afraid of that word repentance anyway, even though it's got lots of 
different connotations, probably most of them picked up from the movies. Uh, it is a word that simply means to turn from something and unto something else. So you're turning away very deliberately from something, but it also means to turn very deliberately towards something else. But the fact that it's not mentioned here, it, 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 it speaks to me about that calling is not for us to try and change people's behavior. It's not to try and get them to do it, to grab them by the ears and spin their head. That's not our job. Our job is to call to them. And if they respond, if faith rises in their hearts, then things can happen. Um, so we're not called to Bible bash. We're not called to force people. Christians aren't called to behavior modification. And yet I think sometimes that's the message that we give out. Sometimes as Christians, we can perceive that, that if the message is not harsh, then maybe the way we need to present it needs to be forceful and harsh. And, and I'm not sure that's the case. How can we complicate it and get it so wrong? Well, I believe it comes back to getting the cart before the horse, the old saying of, uh, you know, you've got to make sure you get the cart or you get the horse at the right end of the cart that you want the horse to tow. And if we get that wrong, then our message becomes harsh and it becomes critical. It's perceived that way. Um, again, we are not into behavior modification. Uh, the, how the gospel works is if people open their heart in faith and let Jesus in, Jesus then will help them rearrange the furniture, so to speak, of their life, uh, change behavior that might need to be changed. But the moment we set ourselves up uh, as judges on, on what we consider is good morality, we immediately uh, undermine our own credibility and disqualify ourselves because of our own imperfect behavior. And we need to understand Jesus didn't come to make imperfect people perfect. He, he came to make sick people well. You know, the, the, Jesus is not a schoolmaster, he's a physician. And so uh, we need to allow him to do his job as we do our job of calling people to a place of faith. We are not called to change behavior, we're called to change belief. So, for example, for, for people maybe who really have anchored their hopes in this life uh, on money, on possessions, on lifestyle, these are all things, interestingly, that are really under threat right now. People are taking a hit. Many people are taking a hit. And people who've hung their hopes on those things are maybe discovering just how hollow those hopes can be or how quickly those hopes can shatter. Whereas we're called to simply uh, uh, invite people to anchor their hope on something that is eternal, something that will last, uh, a connection with their creator. And when they make that alignment, that's what we call faith. That's where the human heart steps over the threshold of faith, which in introduces the next thought, the next element in this, uh, in this verse which is our, our message. What should our message be? If it's not, you need to change, uh, what, what is our message? And I believe our message is simply faith. Could our message be as simple as, Jesus has changed my life. This is what, this is what God has done. You know, for example, for me, it, it, when I think about what, what did Jesus do in my life, 
The first thing that floats to the top of my head is, um, is forgiveness. An incredible sense of relief that the past was dealt with and God had given me a fresh start. Uh, and the next thing that, that rises up very natural is hope. Uh, being really hopeful, hopeful for my future, hopeful for the day, hopeful for tomorrow. But just, a, 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 you know, living out of a sense of optimism and hope is something that, that Jesus really energised within me. Uh, and certainly a sense of purpose uh, where I, I no longer was living for the next thrill. I was no longer just sucking air to die. But all of a sudden I had a sense of, I know that my life is here. It counts and I want to make something of it. Now, we're called to, to call people to that. Jesus can make a huge difference. Jesus can change your life. And the fact is, some will reject it. Uh, and some will be curious and look into it and then wander away. And then others will absolutely embrace it and it will revolutionise their life. And you know what? That's okay. All three responses are okay. Paul says in another place that God grants the increase. It's God who grows the church. It's God who transforms people, not us. And so the results are his issue. They're not our issue. And that should free us up to share the message. We're not responsible for the result, but we are responsible to share the good news with people and just make sure that what we share is indeed good news. Uh, and you know what? This isn't a new mandate. This isn't a new pattern. Uh, there's a great story in the Gospel of Luke chapter 8 where Jesus delivers a man that, you know, in uh, the way the Bible would put it, was infested with demonic activity, infested with the demons. And so his life was a mess. He lived in the tombs. He screamed out. He, he literally howled at the moon. And yet Jesus comes to him and heals him and he's found, you know, clothed and in his right mind and his life is totally transformed and he wants to follow Jesus. And who wouldn't? He wanted to follow Jesus down the road on his ministry and Jesus turned to him and said, no, you return to your household and tell them all the good things that God has done for you. So right there we have a pattern of that's what the good news is. Go and tell people the good news about what Jesus has done. Ultimately, it's that the Son of God came, uh, that he laid down his life on our behalf, and that he's raised from the dead, giving us the promise of life forevermore. Um, but closer to home, because that's like the theological side closer to home is your own story of what Jesus has done in your heart. What did God do to change your life? Because that's where you'll find good news that's easy to share. Um, and that leads us really to the last point, and that is our mission. Uh, what is our mission? Which I believe is actually Jesus's name. Uh, it, it's not necessarily to change people, to change society. That, that's all a result of his name becoming central in people's lives. So often we look at the, at the fruit and we forget to tend the root. But if we lift up his name, if we make Jesus famous, you know, not ourselves, if we focus on him, then our mission uh, is complete. Um, 
We are not called to judge. We are not called to criticize. We're not called to impose what we perceive as moral on others, but to call them to exercise faith in Jesus, which is what releases grace into people's lives. So here's where the cart gets to the right end of the horse. The obedience that people have in in changing their life, being transformed, beginning to walk with God, That comes because at some point they stepped over the threshold of faith and there is a grace released in their life at that point to make any changes that God might think they need to change. Uh, The Apostle Paul puts it this way about his own life in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. And he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, what he's just been talking about before this is that he persecuted the church of God. He, he actually talks about, I was an anti-Christian and then I met Jesus. And then he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. And what he's talking about is other apostles who actually knew Jesus and walked with him. Of course, Paul met Jesus later on after the resurrection. And, uh, and what Paul is saying is that, you know, I might have been I might have been a murderer. I might have been a persecutor. I was an evil and vile man. But the grace of God came into my heart when I believed in Jesus and it has changed my life and motivated me to work for the gospel with a passion which literally eclipses the others. And then he says, but actually that wasn't me. I recognize it's grace working in me. And I think that's what we've got to allow to happen in people in this season of lockdown and, and being close to people. And the opportunity is actually there to share the good news. But let's make sure that it's good news, that if you take that step of faith and open your heart towards Jesus, then the grace of God is going to come into your life and you're going to be transformed from the inside out. That following Jesus is not about externally imposed rules and regulations, but it's allowing the life of the Holy Spirit of God. It's allowing the grace of God, this divine empowerment to change you from within. And that's a great message. That's good news for people to hear, particularly if they've been feeling like they are stuck in a rut, if they've been feeling like they have put their hopes in things that have not really paid off for them, then it's good news to know that God still changes lives. So I want to finish with just three questions to ask us really quick to apply the message to ourselves. Um, First one is very simple. Will you accept, if you haven't already, as, as, as a believer, so I'm talking to people of faith right now, will you accept a heavenly calling to share good news? You know, have you accepted that? Maybe you have in the past, but you've moved away from it over time. And I'm, I'm encouraging, I think God's calling you back tonight to be a person who can share the good stories about what Jesus has done in your life. And the second question is, if your message is what Jesus has done in your life, how would you describe that? How would you describe what Jesus has done in your life? And and I think it would be worth sitting down after the service with your phone, take a note uh, or with a pen and paper 
and write down when I think about what God has done in my life. You know, what am I thankful for? Maybe it is the forgiveness thing. Maybe it is the hope thing or, or joy or, or a sense of peace that came to your life or that sense of purpose or maybe even vision, how God just lifted your eyes and you saw the world differently and you approached it differently. Uh, because that's the message that you have to share. That's the good news that you can tell people about. This is the difference that Jesus made in my life. Uh, Last question is, have I accepted my mission to encourage faith that releases grace in others? Have I accepted that, man, that is my mission. That's my mission. Uh, I'm to encourage faith. Uh, I'm not to push my own agenda. I'm not to push a moral agenda. That's God's business. But what I can do is I can encourage faith to rise in people's hearts. And when that faith begins to rise, a grace comes into their life, a divine empowerment that, that, that transforms them from the inside out. Hey, have you accepted your mission? And uh, I want to encourage us to be on mission this week. But let's make sure that the news we share is good. Let's make sure we keep the good news good news. And uh, amen. I'd like to pray for you tonight. Uh, Father, I, I thank you for everyone who's, who's watching this, who's with us right now. And, uh, and, and I know it can be a scary thing to share faith. So I, I pray that your word will have just made things simpler um, without compromising a thing. Our message is to share the good things you've done. And I pray you'd cause those good things to even rise within us, help us to identify what you've done in our lives and in our hearts right now. Uh, and and help us to share them and give us the opportunities. Father, we pray for open doors this week uh, where it's very natural and it's very honest and we can share our faith with people who need to know that God can still change the circumstances of someone's life. And I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, you know, maybe you're with us tonight and uh, that isn't your story, that isn't your journey of of finding forgiveness and finding hope and finding a sense of purpose. But I, can I tell you that, that that's God's desire for you? Um, and maybe you're, you're with us and you're not normally a church person. You wouldn't claim faith in Christ. Can I encourage you? God loves you. That's what this is all about. My whole message is about um, uh, helping people to embrace Jesus and the change he can make in your life. And you could begin that journey tonight right now with us here. Um, You could open your heart. That's all God's looking for is faith. You could open your heart if you're thinking, man, I wish God could change my life. I wish he could bring change to my circumstances. Uh, Then I encourage you, open your heart right now. And you can do that using simple words like these. You know, dear Jesus, I open my heart to you. Come into my life. Help me to follow you. Amen. And as simple as that prayer is, when it's prayed with an authenticity and a genuineness, uh, God will meet it with his grace and things will begin to change. And hey, please, there'll be links at the end of this uh, service. Please contact us. Please let us help you on your journey. Thank you.